This is Music Mentality with Angie. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey everyone, my name is Angie, she, her pronouns, and today we have Kane Scott, he, him pronouns. I met Kane several months ago, and each time we spoke, he had so much to share about his experience in the music world. I couldn't help but to ask him to be on the show for you guys to hear what he has to say too. Known for his YouTube videos as Pluffnub and his music, Kane is here to talk about ADHD and how it plays a role in education and in musical learning. Alongside this, he also shares his experience maneuvering the music world with synesthesia which you'll hear more about during the episode. You can find Kane's music by typing in Pluffnub on YouTube. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm about to I kind of already feel like I know what we're going to be talking about here, all things yeah, yeah. ADHD. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. It's, a, it's going to be interesting just trying to actually have, like, you know, a, a cohesive thought. Well, like, you know, just chatting, and then it's going to be just, like, back and forth, and it's just, like all over the place pretty much but. oh i know on yeah, average I'll- on average these like interviews are usually an hour but i'm like last time we talked we talked for like what like five hours <laughs> it was a long time yeah and then afterwards it was just like oh yeah remember that story that i started four <laughs> hours ago and then totally forgot to come back to it <laughs> all right so i'm just trying, trying to get sure uh, that my camera is like working all right and everything too because I, I had the problem once before of uh, it just constantly like disconnecting as I was chatting with somebody. So I'm hoping that won't be a problem, but uh, again, just wing it, hope for the best and uh, see where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alrighty. I think it'll be fine. Don't worry. But yeah, yeah. yeah, in regards to ADHD and, you know, our minds being all over the place, yeah. how does that help or hinder your music? Um. Oh my God, that is a, a very interesting thing because I feel like it does a little bit of both because I know for certain there's been so many times previously where it's like I'll have an idea and then just being able to finish those ideas and stick with something long enough especially too because I feel like when it comes to my personal writing process how it's like so spontaneous and not planned because I know you and I've chatted about that a little bit previously about just like the different writing processes where just like if I got an idea that comes in my head it's just like it just kind of comes out of nowhere I can't just sit down with a planned writing time and hope to have something good come out of it so yeah 
Yeah. So for a lot of it, it's just, it's spontaneous. And then if I got an idea that I really like trying to sit down and build upon that, like with the intention on finishing something, it is so difficult because I have like folders of like thousands of like half-baked ideas, melodies, rhythms I like, or something like that. But the concept of sitting there and just finishing something is so difficult for me. Yeah. But at the same time, though, it could be seen as a benefit because it's like a very much writing in the mood of how I'm feeling at that point in time as well. So it's just like I've got a lot of a lot of metal music, but then I'm, you know, trying to got a little bit of jazz over here, a little bit of ambient over here and just like kind of like all this kind of stuff that's just in different boxes pretty much. So I guess it's sometimes it can sound impressive when I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm writing a I'm writing a metal symphony but i'm also working on an avant-garde jazz piece which sounds like super uh more impressive than it really is but at the end of the day it's just kind of like you know i, I wrote like you know 20 seconds of a, a jazz line or something like just some chromatic <laughs> jazzy sounding thing and it's just like i don't know it, it spawned some very interesting ideas just the spontaneity of it all but uh but trying to finish the ideas is definitely the thing that is the hardest for me yeah. And I'm sure that's something that I think you and I've talked about before, where just being able to relate to that and just like having one, being able just to sit down and have one cohesive piece finished. Yeah. That is like the hardest thing. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. My book is like filled with a verse and a chorus. And then I'm like, wait, but now I thought of a different idea for something else. And then, and then I'll move on and then I'll forget to come back because I moved on like eight more times within the last hour. So yeah. <laughs> I work quickly, but I also ditch it as quickly as I work on it. <laughs> yeah. I can totally relate to that one for sure. <laughs> yes. So have you actually discovered any methods that you use to help you kind of finalize your ideas at all? Cause that's something I'm still in the process of trying to figure out. Well, that's difficult. It's been, that's difficult. Yeah, it's, been a, it's been a 15 year long journey for me and I still <laughs> haven't figured it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, music is kind of the thing that is my anchor like when mm -hmm. everything is constantly all over the place even though my music is also kind of all over the place it's all over the place in like the most beautiful way personally right. like I like that it's all over the place I like the fact that you know like I'll start a song when I'm 16 years old and then I'll return to it when I'm 26 years old and I'm like right? oh my god yeah, yeah. yeah. so like <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that but at the same time I know it can be really really difficult um so I don't really have a method on how to like staple down, but I do know that working with other people has helped me tremendously. Like they will kind of be a oh, source really? of coming back around to the ideas when I'm like, oh my God, wait, we could also write like a song about this and that. And they're like, okay, hey, wait, we're working on this right now. We'll get mm -hmm. to that later. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting to me because I feel like that's something I've only really started exploring like very recently is collaborating with other people in terms of writing because I've got like a buddy of mine who me and him are like starting a project together. And it's like, he'll send me riffs. And I'm just like, Oh, that's cool. You know, I've totally got ideas on how I can build upon that. But then when it comes to me and writing my own riffs, I'm always just like, then I always just like, mm, I don't know, I get stumped so often. So it's just almost <laughs> like you have. So it's almost like if you're the one who starts it, you want to try and match your own expectations of it going forward but it's easier to build off of somebody else's idea because it's a little bit more of an objective piece of music that they throw at you opposed to something that you're like oh i've got an emotional investment in this and now everything i got to come up with afterwards has to mm -hmm. match that level almost yep. so it's something that i've 
definitely been finding a lot of interest in is like collaborating with other people in terms of writing because it's something that's like I've never really done it before. Yeah. Like my entire writing process is very much just me by myself starting it like you know all the instruments like writing it all out by myself so the idea of having somebody else throw stuff at you and someone to kind of have a back and forth on i really enjoy it but it's something that is just i'm not used to it and it's a very new experience for me it's always a new experience like different people bring different expectations but in regards to expectations i don't know if you can like relate to this or not yeah, but yeah. for me um my expectations for my music and my writing and stuff they're first of all yes they're high but they're always changing day to day i'm like okay i'm expecting this out of the song and then the next day i'll be like wait now i'm expecting this now i'm also expecting this so when we collaborate with other people it's like you know, it makes it almost a little bit easier because they have their set expectation. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. okay. So I'll work with that expectation, not my own. And it kind of like grounds me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's kind of what uh, we're saying earlier, it's just like, it's a little bit easier to kind of look at it more objectively, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. And I definitely feel like it's a lot easier to come kind of come up with like something based off of that opposed to again your own expectations because again that's definitely something for me that it changes constantly especially based off the mood i'm feeling that day because it's like mm -hmm. i'm sometimes like you know i've got something in the works and i'm just like okay where should this go and sometimes i'm just like you know i'm feeling a little bit grandiose that day and i'm just like <laughs> all right i want i want to add like you know some strings and orchestration in behind it but then other days i'm just having like just a you know just a you know an angry kind of day and i'm just like all right i want to write something like you know super intense and just like you know <laughs> so yeah it, it's interesting and then going back to those ideas like the next day in a different headspace and it's just it's a constant evolution and yep. i think that also kind of ties into having such a hard time finishing ideas because it's just like when you look at something that you wrote like you know six months ago and then you're in a different headspace you're like do i like that as much as i did at that time does it <laughs> capture the mood that i want it it's like it's a constant like it, it's really hard just to say okay this is done and just leave it at that without constantly wanting to tweak it here and there and i feel like that is almost just as uh paralyzing as just not being able to finish something because you don't have the ideas as well oh a hundred percent but your yeah. ideas even your non-grandiose ideas are always so big like your creativity is <laughs> Like when we first talked, you talked about like your jokes and your YouTube channel and stuff. And like your brain mm. works so differently in like the best way possible. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I guess just when you, we were talking earlier just about like, you know, your, your kind of environments, I guess, when it comes to, for me, a lot of it's like, you know, all day I'm working by myself, not really talking to a whole lot of people. So you kind of learn to use your brain to kind of, inspire itself in ways to come up with ideas and i'm just trying to think out of the box a little bit i i really i have no idea how else to explain it but it's just i guess just a lot of thinking on your own and mm -hmm. that kind of just evolves into whatever madness comes out of that in the end do you like that do you like the fact that you kind of like every day you're able to be with yourself and kind of think on your own or would you prefer a different kind of atmosphere <sighs> it's another one of those things it changes on the daily it's Wait, like sometimes, for context for context what do you yeah. look as yeah so it's like um yeah it just depends because just uh sometimes i'm very much just like oh you know i like being able to be 
on my own and just like, you know, just kind of sit with my thoughts all day and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, come up with stuff on the fly or have just ideas kind of just drop in through like my subconscious mind, as we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if I was around chatting with people a lot of the time, a lot of those ideas wouldn't be able just to sprout out in my head. But at the same time, though, it's just like, it's kind of just getting used to something that you're not familiar with, because I feel like there is definitely a benefit to being able to communicate with other people a little bit more and take inspiration from other people. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like working a muscle where just like, if you work one arm and not the, you know, the left arm and not the right arm, it's like, what's going to get the most results at the end of the day. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's kind of like my, my introvert, my introverted lone wolf kind of muscle is a lot more stronger than my ability to collaborate with others, even though I like to do it. It's just not what I'm familiar with. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that answered your question or not. No, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. So it it did answer the question. It's up to interpretation, right? But just for context, I do want to mention that, like, where do you work? You work in a factory? Yeah, it's just warehouse work. work. Warehouse, yes, which is kind of why you're um, able to be with your thoughts all day. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other thing I want to talk about is insomnia as well. So the nature of your work is long plus you write music and music is time consuming. And then you also edit. So you're a very, very busy person. Yeah, I try to be. <laughs> How do you cope with that? Does music help that whatsoever? Like, is that what you do in your spare time? What's your um, process? I wish I had a process to tell you the truth. <laughs> a lot of it is like very based on what I'm feeling in the moment. And it's like, I go into every weekend just being like, all right, you know, here's a set things that I want to get done this weekend. And then whether or not I actually get to them is kind of just luck of the draw at that point. It's like, whatever I'm feeling at that point in time, it's like, all right, if I want to work on music for 30 minutes, I'll Mm -hmm. try and work on music for 30 minutes. But with the ADHD thing though, it's very interesting if there's something that I'm like super into and I've got a very solid deadline set for myself in my best example is when I was very active making videos on YouTube. And for the most part, it's just like, I would try and get something done for every Sunday, basically, like, even if it was just a small thing, but it's just like, for me, it's just like, I really wanted to make like, you know, the 10 minute long video experimentations of like, oh, what would it sound like if 5,000 different instruments played the exact same thing at the exact same time. And it's just working on something like that. I definitely get the, the ADHD hyper-focus where it's like, I have a video that it's all recorded. I have all my video assets already laid out and kind of set where they need to be. And the only thing that's left is me sit like sitting there in my editing software. And I can sit there and edit for a solid eight to 10 hours straight without having to get up too often. Yep. So it's a very unpredictable workflow and Mm -hmm. it's definitely, I need to figure out a way to actually schedule my time a little bit better. Cause I feel like that would definitely help me be a little bit more regimented in getting things done because I got like so many projects in the go at all times, but it's like, okay, what do you feel like working on right now? Okay. Well, this podcast that I'm working on with a buddy of mine, music for the future or something like that, or just like, there's so many things that are just all over the place that it's like, Mm -hmm. I really feel like I need to sit down and make a schedule for myself and try and stick Mm -hmm. to it. Otherwise it's like, I feel like they got like, you know, 20 things that are like started and they're all going up like, you know, very 
slowly staggered opposed, yeah opposed to like all right just focus on one thing get that finished Focus yeah. on another thing. Get that finished. That is it's so like, hard. I can't it do is. that. It really is. I and I know like every time you and I chat about that too, it's just like <laughs> you totally get where I'm coming from about that. Cause there's like just so many things you want to do, but just trying to hone in on one thing until it's done. Yeah. And, and like something else. It's ridiculous. The worst thing is also I am such an impulsive person. Like this whole podcast thing was yeah was an impulse. Like I just, I just went for it. So because I'm such an impulsive person as well, I start on so many new projects that I'm mm. like, Oh my God, my plate is so full, but I'm interested in every single one of these things. Yeah. So do you, other- do you, do you often find you get overwhelmed by the amount of ideas that you come up with and try and pursue? Yes. And no, I feel like yeah. I do get overwhelmed naturally. I get very burnt out over time. That being said, the amount of things that I do, I'm like, oh yeah, that's normal. And then I talk to someone else who's like, that's not normal. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) It's my normal. Yeah, really. Yeah, exactly. No, I totally relate to that one. (laughs) Burnout is a thing. Burnout definitely is a thing. But it's funny that you mentioned hyper-focus. That's actually something that like, I don't talk about often. And it is a thing as well. So that's like me with my music making, like writing Mm -hmm. music. I will sit down for, I don't know, like 10 hours straight. Even when I was practicing piano for my level 10 years ago, I'd be practicing nine hours. That that is insane. (laughs) (laughs) Nine hours a day. So like I was able to be so, so hyper-focused to, to a fault almost because I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to the washroom. I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't do anything, but like do that thing. And for me, it's always been music. That's the only thing. So when we talk about music and ADHD for me, I'm like, oh yeah, like music is the best thing because it's my anchor. And I say that every episode, but I'm only now realizing, huh, is it, is it? Because it's the only thing that I'm like way too on the other extreme about. I'm like super hyper-focused on it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I find, I find for me, it's just like, it it depends on what it is. I think because for me, a lot of it's because when it comes to music, I don't know what I'm doing a lot of the time. (laughs) So just like, I I don't have too many moments where I can hyper-focus on my music because it's like I'm sitting there and I feel like I'm playing like the same thing that I've played like a thousand times before. It's mm-hmm. kind of just like I'll, I'll pick up the instrument and see if something comes out and sometimes something will, but mm-hmm. not too often. So I'm just like, all right, I guess this isn't just one of those moments. It's like I'm, I'm quite happy with where I'm at as a musician, but I feel like it also kind of not feeling like I know what I'm doing half the time does have its like downsides for sure. Does anyone I really like- know what they're doing though? Good question. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> and I feel like, like for me personally, just being able to have that hyper focus in areas that I feel like are something I have a little bit more expertise in. Like I'm definitely not a professional, professional like video editor or anything like that. But mm-hmm. it's just like I feel like it's a very uh, you could like you know where it starts and you know where it ends. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot easier just to kind of just work on it throughout that period of time where I feel like music is like so you don't know where the end is when you're working on a piece of music or it's just like, it's, I don't, I don't really know where I was getting at with that one, but uh, I guess that's kind of on brand with the episode, but <laughs> yeah, no, but definitely when it comes to like the process of like video editing or recording music, again, a process that's so just black and white, like, okay, here's where you start. Here's where you finish. That's the stuff that I can, definitely hyper-focus on, but when it comes to a process that doesn't really have an end in sight, 
that's where I, I kind of start to dwindle in and out of interest a little bit. And it's very interesting. And I've never thought about it this much until now, but here we are. <laughs> so would you ever consider ADHD meds? Is that a touchy topic? Are we okay talking about that? No, no I'm cool with that. Yeah. Cause okay. it's definitely something that I very much consider because it's weird because ever since I started, uh, taking like a sleep medication and I'm not like so tired all the time it's really brought to the forefront of like oh wow so your ability to you know have shitty focus it's a lot more to do with like something else and not just insomnia all the time <laughs> so it's just like it's definitely something that I want to explore because I really want to have the ability just to sit here and just complete a project from start to finish without doing it for 10 minutes and then getting sidetracked and jumping onto something else. And it's like, I know I do it, but it's mm -hmm. so hard to just fight that impulse of just like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of getting bored, get distracted, go do something else. And I feel like for a, a big like chunk of time, it's like why I feel like I haven't quite gotten to where I want to get yet in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, the music career and my YouTube career and all that kind of stuff is just because I just can't sit down and just, work on something to completion it's like i'll be working on a video and the next thing i know it's like i hit up a buddy of mine hey here's an idea for a podcast want to start a podcast and then it's just like adding another thing on top of that so i don't know it's so it's definitely the idea of just being able to sit down and just focus on something for a very long period of time to completion is whatever means it takes to get there. It's just like, I'm definitely open to like trying a medication of some sort. Cause it's just like, mm -hmm. I feel like it's almost, I've heard a term just called uh, ADHD paralysis where it's just like, you have like so many different things kind of just jumbled in your head and you're just like, Oh my God, what do I do? Right. Basically. Mm -hmm. So just being able just to pick something and go for it. Yeah. is definitely something that would be very beneficial for me for sure. Yep. I, I feel that a lot. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Growing up, one of the, like the biggest things that people always told me, like, I remember getting in trouble all the time for not like staying focused or mm -hmm. um, I'm lazy. Oh my God. Or I procrastinate too much. And mind you, all my best work is done procrastinating. I just want to point that out. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> but, which is stressful in its own. Like I want, I have chronic migraines and procrastinating definitely adds on to that because I'm here like pulling all nighters, trying to finish up some work and boom, now I have my, I have a migraine. But, um, <laughs> one of the things that people keep saying was, Oh, you know, like put away your phone, turn on, do not disturb, delete your messages app on your, um, on your MacBook. So you're not distracted. And I'm like, I don't think you get it. There's a, the, no. there will be a shampoo bottle on a shelf and I will be staring at it for like half an hour just to not focus on my work or, yeah. or there'll be a spot on the wall that I'm so intrigued by while I'm doing my work. It's not the phone. That's the distraction. It's my world around. Yeah. Me. I was going to say, it's just anything else that you find a little bit more intriguing at that point in time is where your focus kind of goes towards yeah. I feel, I feel the exact same too. It's just like sometimes even last night, for example, I was working on something. I was working on a, a part of a, my course on trading stocks. And it's just like, I was doing it for 10 minutes and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to the kitchen, grab a water or something like that. Next thing I know I'm sitting on my phone, watching like a Tony Robbins video on my phone for like 20 <laughs> minutes. I'm just like, what, why, how did I get here? Like, what am I doing? Yep. So one of the best things for me was literally like, turning on my music. And I mean, I wouldn't say it helped 
tremendously because then I'll get distracted mm-hmm. by the words, but it has, it has helped like being able to study with my music on or taking a, like a X amount long break, like 20, 20 minute break and go improvising on the piano. And that'll kind of like reset. It's like a form of meditation for me, which is why I kind mm-hmm. of really like music when it comes to ADHD. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's something that you resonate with or not. Uh, that was actually something I was going to ask you about next is like, whenever you're working on something, are you able to actually listen to music at the same time? Or is it too distracting for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, nine out of 10 times, I'll be listening to classical music while I'm working. And I don't usually listen mm-hmm. to classical music as I'm like walking down the street or whatever, but it's pretty much reserved for doing homework. Otherwise, yeah. I'm distracted by the words. And I'm like, really, even classical music, I'll be like, wow, listen, listen to that guitar listen to that piano listen to that crescendo Damn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so because i i do the exact same thing even as we're chatting right now i've got on my other monitor right here just a kind of a, a jazz cafe kind of thing going on in the background because it's just like i'm the exact same i can't even listen to like a song from a band i like and read like a text message at the same time i'm just like it is that bad it's just like or it's like i have to like pause it and then like just like focus it needs all my attention mm-hmm. otherwise it's just like it's going to be riddled with spelling errors and me not really understanding what it is that they told me oh, so yeah. it's some yeah something about the words and lyrics and music definitely do that to me because it's just like if I put on like classical music myself or uh, just jazz music or something like that in the background it's like I can definitely just kind of tune that out and let that be a part of the background as you're working mm-hmm. on something and it's not too distracting but it also creates kind of a nice ambience in the room. yeah yeah it, it definitely kind of just puts you in that headspace to kind of like okay this is my time to work but I don't know yeah I just that was definitely something I was very curious if that was something else that you experienced as well oh yeah 100 percent. and like oof, I think reading is one of the best things I think like I'm total totally on board for reading being so healthy for mm-hmm. everyone like I have so many books but Oh my God. I wish I could get through a book quickly when people are like, Oh yeah, I read that in like three days or I read that in a week. I'm like, Oh my God, it took me three years to read. Yeah. <laughs> I totally relate to that one so much because it's like, I've got so many books sitting here too. I'm just like, I started reading the first chapter of one. I'm just like, okay, that's good. This is going to be the one, this is the one on my nightstand at night that I'm going to read before bed. And then next thing I know a week goes by, I haven't picked it up. And then I'm just like, and then when I go back to him, I'm just like, all right, this is not the one I'm feeling right now. Mm-hmm. So then I go check out another book. I'm just like, oh, that book, that one looks really cool. So then I go buy that one. And then I read the first chapter of it. Same thing, rinse and repeat. I've got so many books here that I'm just yep. like, I know my benefit, my life would benefit tremendously by just reading these and really just absorbing the messages and practicing them. But just to be able to sit there and just read a book for so like, especially now, now here's one thing that I want to ask you, because for me, when it came to any tests or anything like that, I had to take, I've always considered my method of studying and remembering things super abstract, I guess. I, I've talked mm-hmm. to a buddy about this too. And he's like, he's a very academic guy. He's like the kind of guy that, you know, he can sit down and read a book and like memorize the information in the mm-hmm. book. It's so it's friend. just like, yeah, it's so, it's so interesting being able to kind of have like a back and forth with somebody about kind of like their method of like learning and kind of, you know, like remembering information. Cause for me, I remember a lot of the time, just like, you know, during a period in class where they'd be like, all right, you know, just like a study period basically. And I'd be like, you know, trying to take an info. And it's just like, if I look at like a definition or something like that, I will try and find something in the room and associate that term with something in the room. So when I can 
do the like when I do the test, I can refer back to it. Like I had an example that I told them and I'm having a really hard time recalling it, but it's like, if there was like a definition for a word and then you're just like, okay, I put this word in this definition and I'm going to associate this word with the clock on the wall or something mm -hmm. like that. There's so, something about that clock reminds me of this word in this definition. I get so that. then, but yeah. So by the time, like, you know, the test comes around and it's like something that's like, oh, that's kind of familiar, but I can't put my finger on it. You look at the clock. I'm just like, that's it. That was it right there. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea if that's something that you can relate to at all, but um, my thought process isn't like yours. Mine is a little bit different. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. I guess that's the great thing about yeah. brains, but um, my friends know this already, but I, in grade 11, memorized the first hundred digits of pi using a You've sock. told me about that. Yep. <laughs> it's like my fun fact, my very first fun fact that I like to, Hey, I know the first hundred digits of pi, but it's yeah, yeah. because I listened to, um, She's my number pie. She's my number pie. Three point one four one five nine. And oh. I'd like memorize the song, which had me helped me memorize pie. I memorize a lot of really dumb things, and when it comes to memorizing the important things, I never remember them. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I use a lot of music. Sometimes I'll be uh, studying, and again, when I'm listening to the music, it'll help me recall the song I was listening to to help me remember the information I was reading at the time of listening to that song. Mm -hmm. So it helps. It helps to have a playlist of songs that I do know, typically classical ones when it comes to studying that mm. I will like think back to as I'm writing my exam. But again, I don't test well at all. I am not like school's great, but it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially to like, I know we've talked at length about like just different learning methods and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And I definitely feel like the idea of like sitting there and listening to a lecture for an hour and a half or however long that class may be at that time. It's just like, that is so not it's so not catered to everybody's mm -hmm. way of learning. Yeah. That's just exactly like, I know, like, that's why yeah, I re-listen to all my lectures. I can't, I can't go to class and listen to an hour and a half after those and do it on two times speed. Yeah, exactly. Or I'd be like the same, or just like, I'll be sitting there in class. And it's like, I used to, I used to wear a lot of rings for some reason in school, which I think of that now. And I'm just like, my God, if I wore rings now, like I would be constantly aware that they're there and it would drive me insane. But it's just like, during <laughs> but uh I, I always used to have this one ring that would, like it had like the centerpiece like just spin and i just remember thinking in classes like i'm just sitting there listening to a lecture and i'm constantly spinning this thing on my finger and mm -hmm. i'm just like i'm looking at the class and i'm like i'm listening to the words they're saying but all my attention is on this weird spinny ring that's on my finger right now and i'm just like being able to recall what they told me like five seconds ago i'm just like oh forget about it so it's just like the yeah. idea of just like sitting down taking notes has definitely helped me because like, I've done a lot of courses like outside of school, a lot of online courses. Like that's how I know, like literally anything that I know outside of like, you know, the regular school curriculum, but just being able to like, you know, just sit, sit here with my book. I'm working on more stock courses right now. So I've got there with my book and I'm just like taking pages and pages worth of notes in my serial killer looking writing, but it's just like, <laughs> it, hel it helps you retain the info. So I'm just like, even if I have to, you know, watch the class like three times and reread my notes. And I've even got uh, notes from my courses, like printed on my walls and stock charts and all that kind of stuff. I'm just like, yeah. you have all these methods of making sure that it's just like, okay, make sure what they're teaching you sinks in one way or another and it's just like everyone's got their methods but it's like it just seems like sometimes you got to jump through a few extra hoops for uh different types of learners i guess 
Yes. Yeah. And schools do, again, like schools do not cater to different types of learning whatsoever. Like even with online learning, they have so many advantages, like posting the lectures and they still don't do that using subtitles and they still don't do that. And it's like, why are you being so inaccessible when there's literally a million reasons or a million methods to be accessible? Why would you, why would you hold that away? That's yeah, exactly. I, I think it's like, we're in a transitional period with that. Yeah. Where it's just like, I definitely feel like there's a lot more awareness these days of like, oh yeah, you know, not everybody works the same way or the yeah. idea of like, you know, how the school system works where it's just like, oh, you know, not everybody's like, you know, going to school to learn to work in a factory for the rest of their life afterwards or something like that. So it's just like, I definitely feel like there's a lot of changes mm-hmm. that probably will be coming that cater towards different kind of learners. But I feel like since it's such a, a big undertaking, since it's like a method that's been used for so long, it's just like, it's in a weird transitional phase that no one really quite knows how to get into yet. And yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's also interesting that you mentioned um, how fidgeting with like your ring distracts mm-hmm. you because I'm the opposite. Like I've already dropped two pencils. I don't think you realize, but like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like fidgeting with my pencil every single second because it's I, otherwise, if I don't, fidget then I will be looking around the room for something to distract me instead of paying attention and so like me fidgeting does help me pay attention so it's kind of the opposite from what I'm understanding for you but it's interesting too because after I've kind of realized that ADHD was something that I deal with I think back to so many things like instances in life where Mm -hmm. I'm just like oh, that totally makes sense now. It's like, Mm -hmm. I can recall like moments where I'm just like, I'm hanging out with my friends during break or something like that. And they're like, oh yeah, let's go get food. And like, just sit down in the hallway and eat or something like that. But I'm the guy who was always like, no, I want to walk around or I'm standing. And it's like, I'm standing with my back against the wall and I'm constantly like kicking my heels up against the wall or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I'm thinking back to moments like that. And I'm just like, you know what? That makes so much more sense now knowing that that's something that I deal with. Yep. And it's like, I don't know. It's like when you're told that you have like, you know, uh, something like that at first, you're just like, I, I don't know. It's a weird response. Cause you're just kind of like, you'd assume you'd be like, oh, great. You know, this is something I got to deal with for life. But I'm just like, for me, it was kind of just like, oh, that makes sense. And there's methods of dealing with it now. Like there's an actual, like, you know, a little bit more of a, I know not everybody is so black and white on these sort of things, but at least like there's a label attached to it. So there's methods to help kind of deal with it. And it's not like just this mm-hmm. weird, you thought you're quirky all throughout your school years or something <laughs> like that, which may have also been the case. I don't really know, but you're just like, oh, I just got this thing and it, it makes a lot more sense to me now. So mm-hmm. it's just like, you just definitely realize, you know, especially when you're getting older, just like, wow, you know, this is, I don't just have like a bunch of spastic child energy. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm 25 years old and I'm still struggling to sit down and read a book or something like that, which like is something that, oh, most adults should be able to do. But I'm just like, I don't know. I still, I'm still not getting it, you know? No, yeah. I feel the exact same yeah. way. Um, but, and you know what? Sometimes it makes it so difficult to actually create music. Like I remember when I first discovered all the instruments on GarageBand, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, wow. Look at all these synth options. Look at all these different guitar options and drum <laughs> options. Let me just, let me just use them all. Cause I can't yeah. pick just three. So I've I'm going to spend the next like 10 hours exploring everything and, and forcing myself to use each and every sound just for it to sound like absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll call it experimental. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's avant-garde jazz. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. That's yeah. the perfect genre for it. Yeah. Um, so in that regard, it has made the process a little bit trickier but on the other hand 
like I cannot imagine how much less creative I would be like I'm so glad that I am curious into what each and every one of these things sound like and Mm -hmm. in regards to sound and color I remember you mentioning you have synesthesia yeah yeah (laughs) yes so would you like to explain what that is and how that contribute my god contributes to your life yeah um again it's another one of those things where I thought it was something that everybody kind of did until like I, I remember I was watching um a guitar clinic with a musician Devin Townsend who's like one of my favorite artists of all time and he was just getting to talk about how he has synesthesia and he's just talking about the process and he's like just talking about how it's just like oh you know there's whenever I hear a piece of music I associate that piece of music with a color a texture a shape or something like that in my head and it's like it's just automatic it's not like you know you're listening to like right now I'm listening to you know jazz cafe or something like that and it's just like the picture is like very fall atmosphere and just like, Oh, I don't think it's orange just because that's what the picture shows. But it's like, it's almost like an automatic thing that just happens in your brain. It's like you hear something, a color, like a texture, a shape comes into your mind. And it's also like that too, when it comes to letters and numbers too, it's just like in my head, it's like every single letter or number has a color associated with it. So when it comes to writing music and all that, it's definitely made me very much more into the idea how to how to word this without sounding like a crazy person um <laughs> crazy person it, isn't a thing that's yeah not, no such thing as crazy people yeah um no but just like when it comes to writing music a lot of the times like because i'm a big fan of full albums the concept of an album from start to finish so it's just like when it comes to writing music and trying to get all these pieces of songs and full songs and put them all together into one cohesive unit for me it's like it has to kind of fit every song has to have a certain color, a certain mood in my head. And it's like, I remember when I first started like seriously taking on a project, it was kind of a, kind of a joke project that I started uh, on my YouTube channel. And it's just like, well, you know what? It's just like, I made this really weird avant-garde jazz song, quote unquote, but it was literally, it went in every genre imaginable. <laughs> and it's like, people surprisingly liked it, even though I meant to it, for it to be awful, but it kind of <laughs> unintentionally spawned this side project. So I had like all these albums in mind and i'm just like okay album one it's going to be red and it's going to be very rusty and chaotic basically you know like a bunch of dissonance a bunch of notes clashing a bunch of just crazy time signatures and you know just everything about it just like kind of just being like not pretty almost just chaotic basically and Mm -hmm. then the second album that i had in mind i wanted it to feel blue to me which Mm -hmm. to that to me was a very much more large sound a lot more orchestration a lot more just fullness and melody yeah almost like if you were to like a little fluffier feeling like if you were to look at the sky or something on a sunny day and just be like oh i look at that and that's you know very bright melodic kind of big airy Mm -hmm. i guess if you will and then after that i had oh i want to make a an album that feels green to me and a little slick and i want it to be like a classic prog rock album so it's like something that's like, you know, a little bit more seventies Genesis or something like that. And I don't know mm-hmm. why that's green to me, but it just kind of is, mm-hmm. but it feels like there's just a lot for me when it comes to the synesthesia and like the whole picture of an album, I look at like one of my favorite bands also is children of Bodom, And I feel like they do such a good job because all of their albums are one solid color, all the branding for that 
album cycle is one color and it just appeals to me so much because I look at that and I'm just like, maybe the colors don't always match in my head, but it kind of has that same sort of idea in mind. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I really want to have too when it comes to releasing albums. I want all the branding, all that to really represent the color, the texture, the shape of the music that I'm creating. And it's, it's an interesting process. It feels like sometimes it's a very... I don't know if everybody else will even care and it's just my own kind of personal hang up, but it's just like, for me, if I could just like start finishing albums that have that one cohesive kind of feel to it, mm -hmm. I can look at that at the end of the day and just be like, Oh my God, this is like something I'm so proud of. It ticks all of my boxes. It like, you know, yep. the music feels like it's the right color, the right texture. And it feels just right to me. Yeah. It's very, it's very interesting and hard to explain sometimes, but no, I get it. Do you yeah. think that like, because you see so many colors associated with sounds and names, I remember you mentioning my name was red because yeah. my <laughs> hair is red. <laughs> I know that's what you said after. It's like, is, is my name red? Cause my hair is red. I'm just like, no, 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 no. It just is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because you see so many colors and textures and stuff, do you think that complements or clashes with your ADHD? Like, do you get more distracted easily or does it like almost help you conceptualize your thoughts more? I feel like it does help in its own way. It's a little bit of both. Just like yeah. a lot of things, it's kind of a double-edged sword because sometimes it does kind of paralyze me a little bit because when it comes to, you know, being so, oh, what am I feeling today? Am I feeling a little bit, you know, turquoise-ish with a shade <laughs> of gray in there or something like that? <laughs> or just like if I'm feeling like, you know, very, if I'm feeling red today or something like that, again, it's very mood-based. So it's just like, I, I feel like in a way it's, trying to finish something that feels cohesive and when you're so mood dependent mm -hmm. that kind of makes it difficult to finish something but at the same time being able to actually have all my ideas categorized in folders based off of genres moods the color that I'm feeling because that's what I did mm -hmm. for this project that I was working on for a little while it's like I had all the ideas that I had that felt like a certain sound or not sound a uh, color and just whatever i've had that in its own folder you know i have mm -hmm. the red folder i have the blue folder i have the green folder and it's weird too because when it comes to colors being in order for me it's always been red blue green yellow pink purple orange brown and i noticed that even unintentionally i was just like oh you know what the albums i want to make i didn't even realize it but it's like oh the first time's red second's blue third's <laughs> green i'm just like and for me in my brain you know one is red two is blue, three is green, four is yellow. I'm just like, it, it, it's very interesting. So it's helped me categorize my work a little bit, but to actually get it finished and just focus on one like, specific sound long enough and one vibe long enough, it kind of, like we were saying earlier, it's like trying to work, like, you know, you're making slow progress on 20 things opposed to a lot of progress yeah. on one thing. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of what it is for me. But also at the same time, I do get a lot of personal satisfaction being able to just open up my open up my purple folder and be like, oh, okay, you know, this is how this stuff's feeling today, you know, just being mm -hmm. able to have that, my ideas kind of categorized in that way. So yeah, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword sometimes, but yeah. whenever, the, whenever the day comes when I can finish an idea, it'll be the most satisfying thing ever, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the reason I ask is obviously I, I don't have synesthesia. I do have ADHD, mm -hmm. but not synesthesia. So I don't necessarily um, 
like personally understand only through your words. Mm -hmm. Can I understand? But one of the games that I play with my piano students is literally like, Oh, Hey, what's your favorite color? It's purple, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, cool. What does purple sound like on the piano to you? And like, Mm -hmm. for someone like you, that's probably a lot easier of an mm-hmm. exercise because you probably know exactly what that sounds like. Meanwhile, one of my other students was like, okay, he said green. So he's like, okay, let me see G. So I'm going to play G on the piano. There's no R I'm going to play E twice. There's right. no N. So like, I'm just going to like, like rearrange those letters. I'm like, that's like a really interesting way to make songs to like yeah. literally spell out the colors on the piano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely noticed too for myself though when it comes to the synesthesia it's like i've really come to realize a lot of my favorite albums are my favorite albums because they do that for me as well in terms of giving me the personal satisfaction of the branding and one of my yeah one of my favorite albums of all time is rust in peace by megadeth and it's like musically speaking it is a very great album but i feel like the thing for me that takes it to that next level is the fact that the majority of the album it's i would say definitely the root notes of that album is uh f sharp so for guitar if you were to play a power chord on an f sharp it's on your e string it's two and on your a string it's four so for me since the album artwork is blue and yellow knowing that it's like oh okay the dominant chord in this is two which in my head is blue and four which in my head is yellow. Oh my God, this is insane math. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so it's like, okay, so the fretting is two and four. That's the dominant chord in the entire uh, album, basically. But also the album artwork is blue and yellow, which I associate with the colors that are used in that chord most frequently. I know I, I'm explaining this the worst way imaginable. I'm trying my best. It's <laughs> okay. <you're doing> well. <laughs> no, but I just come to realize it's just like, cause for the longest time I was like, Oh, I really like this album, but why is it like in my top five of all time? I'm just like, Oh, cause it really is satisfying for me on a different level. Mm-hmm. Again, having like, you know, it being blue and yellow and the dominant chord, you know, the fretting, two and four which i associate also with blue and yellow mm-hmm. i'm just like oh my god it's it like it, it makes sense it's like when you kind of come to realize that and it's like there's a lot of other albums like that too where i'm just like not quite as strong as that one that's like my best example of it but there's a lot mm-hmm. of albums where i'm just like i look at the artwork i'm just like the music very much to me feels like the color of this artwork like another one of my favorite albums of all time is uh, the raven that refused to sing by stephen wilson and I look at, and I'm just like, I'm just like, yeah, this feels very ghostly, very mm-hmm. kind of almost like a green fog, like you would see in like a Tim Burton-y kind of, I'm not exactly sure if that's the best example, but it's kind of like, <laughs> kind of that vibe, I guess. And the album artwork is basically that, it's just kind of like a lot of, like the background is like black, but it has like a shade of green over top of it. And it's like, it's got this weird moon looking face thing, but it's kind of got a tint of green to it. And I'm just like, Oh, that is beautiful. I just love it. I could stare at it. And like, as I'm listening to it, I'm just like, so satisfied as I'm going <laughs> through the listening experience. So it's more than just a listening experience. It's also just, that's why I like vinyl so much too. Cause I'm just like, you get to look at it and to be like, this is the most satisfying thing in the, on the yep. planet right now. <laughs> so what's your favorite color to listen to? My favorite. Uh, oh God. It's so mood dependent. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Cause I guess for, Mm, I don't know if I have a solid answer for that one, to be honest. <laughs> okay, I'll try uh, at least 
say what I would be interested in listening to right now, because right now I'm, I'm feeling a lot more of the, the light blue side, a little bit more melody, a little bit more openness. Like I'm listening to Jazz Cafe right now, so that doesn't really do it for me in terms of that. But I'm just like, as soon as we're to hop off here, I'm probably, I've got a couple albums in mind. I'm just like, oh, you know, I just want to maybe check that out right now just because that's kind of the vibe I'm feeling, but. So it's, it's funny because you, you do use music ultimately to categorize and, you know, like um, put your life in order, I guess, because your bit. mood is, a mood is a color, a color is a sound, a sound is a song and the song is going to like go with your mood and it's a, it comes around in a full circle. So it kind of mm-hmm. does, you, you create soundtracks for your life. <laughs> a little bit, actually. It's very interesting because I've never actually thought about it on that big of a scope before, but I guess kind of in a roundabout way, that is very true. <laughs> it's like, maybe, I don't, I don't know if it has anything to do with why I find collaborating with people like such a strange experience. Cause it's just like, I'm trying to, you know, I, I sent a couple demos to a buddy of mine. I'm just like, all right, this is like the vibe I'm going for. I haven't really mentioned, hey, I want to write music that is, you know, sharp and red. Cause he would be like, what are you even talking about right now? <laughs> so it's just like, it, it's, it's difficult. Cause it's like, I, I don't know. I'm one of those people that I'm just like, I, I hate being like the kind of guy that's like, Ooh, I've, I've got a vision because I don't, I, I hate being that guy. Cause it, to me, that's just like, wow, you that sounds. You literally have a vision and it's. I, I guess so. Yeah. I just, I hate being the guy that comes up to my buddies and just be like, no, I don't like your idea right now because it doesn't fit in with my vision. I'm just like, oh, that was like the most pretentious <laughs> thing. And I just, I hate that so much. So just like, I don't know, just trying to work with other people efficiently and not confuse them yep. is hard yeah. for me because <laughs> it's just, I'm so much like, I want to write full albums. I want it to have this vibe. But if like not everybody, you know, is, thinks of like, oh, this album needs to sound purple for some reason. I'm just like, it, it's really hard to describe that to people. And so have, like, you, yeah. have you ever written lyrics before? No. Uh, well, okay. uh, well, debatable, debatable. There, mm-hmm. I actually, in the background, I had a video I recorded a very long time ago um, that I didn't end up finish uh, editing at all. But it's just like, it's a bunch of old lyrics that a buddy of mine wrote when we were 13. And they are the worst thing you would ever read in your life. So it's like, I don't know, it's weird because for me, when it comes to lyrics, I don't really resonate with words too much. I think this can also tie back to the ADHD thing because like when it comes to reading, for example, mm-hmm. like it just, it doesn't, words just don't resonate with me. So it's just like when it comes to songs and like the lyrics is the last thing I pay attention to. Like, it's like, I'll, I'll know what they say. I know the words, I speak English. I know what they're telling me. But the message never really sinks in. I'm much more of, a melody kind of person or you know the the rhythms the grooves whatever it may be at that point in time mm-hmm. it, i actually have to sit there actually one of my another one of my favorite albums is ascendancy by trivium and like for the first time like three months ago i pulled up the record and i just like read the lyrics as, as i was listening to it and i'm just like this is the first time i've actually like i've been a fan of this album for over 10 years and this is the first time i've actually sat down and like oh this is what they're saying I've known the words, but just the meaning behind the words has just never resonated with me. So I feel like that's been a very hard thing for me to try and reproduce myself in terms of creating vocal or uh, uh, just lyrics in general, because I'm just like, I'm not a words guy. It's like, I'll put down words, but I don't even know for me what they mean half the time. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. 
like that's why I always think as well that you know instruments are so important lyrics are really important too I love I love analyzing lyrics I was really Mm -hmm. big into poetry a couple of years ago and I'm still like I love lyric writing Mm -hmm. but um instruments are so important and lots of people kind of overlook that instruments hold messages as well like like non-verbal messages and I think that's such a powerful thing and that like a guitar depending on the way it's played the chords that are played the Mm -hmm. speed that it's played at same thing with the piano or drums like that on its own is also poetic just as it really is and that's definitely something that I really want to dive more into at some point in the future just to learn more about just the psychology and like music in general because I feel like for me it's just like if there's any time I listen to a song and I'm feeling like oh got choked up or something like that or you know anything like that it's never the lyrics that do it for me it's always a melody or mm-hmm. just or if there's like a song that I'm really into and I'm just like you know if I'm in a just the mood to listen to something just heavy and extreme it's just like just the vibe the intensity of it is always more powerful to me than mm-hmm. the actual words that are being said. It's just mm-hmm. like, I could be listening to a death metal song and they could be singing about just like, you know, the happiest thing on, you know, the planet, but just the words don't really mm-hmm. resonate with me at all. I'm just taking in what the, almost what the music is feeding mm-hmm. me more or less. And it's yeah. like, that, I, I de- it's definitely something I feel like I do a lot more with my writing. Personally, I try and kind of capture what it is I'm trying to capture through the music and not necessarily the words, even though, I definitely recognize how important the words are and the lyrics, especially for a lot of people, but it's hard to put myself into the headspace of somebody else in that kind of way. Well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you got your own strengths, you know, and that's like Mm -hmm. such a great thing on its own as well. One last question. How can people find your music or your art? I'll see your art. Um, it's mainly on YouTube. Look up Pluffnub on YouTube. I'm not super active on there at the moment because I've just kind of taken a step back because I had a little bit of a, a personal burnout and I needed, you know, a little bit of a creative break. But that's pretty much where you'll find everything. I guess kind of what I talked about at the end here is what it's all about, kind of creating music in the so bad it's good realm. So <laughs> if, if that's where you want to find me, you know, Pluffnub on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Instagram's my most active because I just post self-deprecating memes all day of myself. So I mean, I don't know <laughs> if that if that's your thing, then by all means. And if not, you know, fellow musicians, it's just like it, you might find enjoyment in it, or it might be your worst nightmare. I don't really know. <laughs> <but> <laughs> no, but, I saw yeah. that post the other day where you posted a picture of you side by side with Spencer from iCarly and how yeah. you guys look so alike. <laughs> uh, you're, you have very, very funny content. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, I, I really enjoy your stuff on TikTok too. Like ever since you told me about your new one, <laughs> it's just like being able to keep up with that on the daily and finding new facts every single day. I'm just like, that is commitment. And I definitely admire your commitment towards that to find like oh, new stuff crazy. every single day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely time consuming. There is not as many fun facts that are actually fun out there as, as you'd think. Yeah, yeah. I'm like scared. I'm going to run out every moment just for context. I have a TikTok in which I sing fun facts every day. It's this is underscore Angie with three E's, but yeah. <laughs> <A little laughs> shameless just, promo there. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, do you just go on Google and just type in uh, random facts basically? Yep. That's yeah. exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean, though. I remember after you showed me that, like, how much progress you've made on it so far. And it's like, I could definitely see, like, the appeal to it, like, to a wider audience. 
So I'm just like, <laughs> no, I just like that. I'm just like, that is so great. Just you stick it to the brand. And it's like, I can definitely see it going far. I mean, right. yeah, it started off because I really want to learn how to sing. So I was like, hmm, I'm going to like document my process. But like, how do I make it interesting for people? So it's like, a, yeah, yeah. yeah, let's do some like trivia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to do it for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm going to wrap it up here. But thank you so much for being oh, here you. and sharing yeah, your whole ADHD story. Yeah, and thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Cool. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you're an artist and you've got a story to share with a passion for music, please do reach out. Whether you're just starting out or you've been in the music industry for years, I would love to hear your story. Follow me on Instagram through my handle at Music Mentality with Angie. Or email me at Music Mentality with Angie at gmail.com. Finally, a huge shout out and thank you to the amazing editor behind these episodes, Aileen Tamer. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.